Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. On today's episode, we're going to dive into NFL Week 8 and preview Chiefs versus Titans on Sunday Night Football. We'll break down all of that game and every other game. Locks of the week. You know the drill if you've been around here. Race for the 10th seed. NBA's in about its second-ish week. We'll dive into that. Finally, in the November slate, it's a little more serious. The Royals have hired a new manager, Matt Quatero. Um, pretty big deal. We're going to go over that. And then we'll probably get into eh, maybe a little bit of college basketball slash college football. Maybe some World Series. We'll see where it takes us. Um, but since the Chiefs did not play a week ago, uh, I think we should just go ahead and start with Thursday Night Football. You could start with Matt Quatero. I feel like that's kind of big news. Yeah, sure. Let's start with Matt Quatero. Um, this was the guy that I wanted the most, um, and I think at least one of you also felt the same. I did. I just I did not want to. I didn't really care who we hired as long as it wasn't within the organization. And my prerogative was hire anybody that's involved with the Rays, Astros, or Indians or Guardians. Sorry. Wow. We got a guy. We got a guy that was involved in two of the three. So he actually wasn't involved with the man. Guardians. So John's not wrong. He was involved with the Indians. They were the Indians at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But. Wow. We are just tossing the I word around. Hey, you know that's what they used to be. No it's a historic term. It's a, it's a it's an historic term. That's what they used to be. Can't change that. Um. But yeah, no. I feel like this was the guy, and I think a lot of people felt the same way that. Um, you know, as long as they didn't hire within the organization, that they'd be happy. And there's only really one guy that you would have really even been able to talk me into a little bit would have been Pedro Grafal. Uh, and he ended up getting the White Sox job. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, ironically enough, like I heard so many people say, like, we don't want someone from inside get hired. When was the last time that a Royals coach has gotten hired as a manager? Like the one time we had a hiring come up and I mean, look, the current situation with the Royals is just we don't trust any of the existing infrastructure, right? right. So and as I, we should. I, I am glad we didn't hire Pedro Grafal, but it is funny that he got a job the year that our opening came up. Um, look, I I personally like this hire. Jackson, you, you said it a little bit. He's one of the more um, sought-after minds in the MLB right now, as far as I've seen. Um, I Once again, you know, never be certain with these types of things because we heard a lot of that. Um, with a coach that's been trying to get a job in another sport. But um, look, I think that this is definitely a step in the right direction. This guy's been directly involved with one of the most unprecedentedly, that's even a word, successful teams um, in in the, in the baseball uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays, a similar uh, low-budget low project, if you will. So I'm excited to see what this brings for us, and I think it's a good time, especially with, turnover and the younger guys to get some fresh blood in so i am very happy that the royals seem to make the right move here yeah kind of going off that i mean i don't know how long he's been with the rays but i'm assuming he's been there since their come up and it's it gives you hope i mean we're we're not we're not ready to compete in the playoffs by any means but we have a team that can at least have fun with the city of kansas city if they have a good managing staff around them. And I really hope this is the the right pick for the Royals as we all do. But I mean, time will come to tell. I need to see how our pitching improves. I need to see a lot of that improving. I mean, be very interesting to see how we play when it just comes down to it. 
Yeah, and I think, to be honest with you, like, everybody... When's the last time we were excited about a managerial, a managerial hire in Kansas City? I can tell you one thing. Nobody that I knew was excited about the Mike Matheny hire back in 2020. No. Um, everybody Nobody at the does. same time kind of felt as if that was a terrible hire. And not that people are always right, but they were right in that instance. But you look around the league. Grafal goes to the White Sox. Uh, Phil Niven, Naven, uh, becomes the Angels manager. Skip Schumacher becomes the Marlins manager. Uh, Bruce Bochy goes to the Rangers. And then John Schneider with the Blue Jays. To be honest with you, I feel like we, to, in my opinion, we ha- we got the manager with the most potential moving forward. I agree. Bruce Bochy oh. has the oh. best resume, but I think when you look potential-wise, I think we got the best, the guy with the highest ceiling. No, a lot of these teams dug up dinosaurs, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I I am do not think the Royals should be moving in that direction whatsoever. Um, so I'm very happy with the way this played out. Do you know how mad another, I would have been if they made Skip Schumacher the fucking manager of the Royals? That would, no, have, that been, would have been ridiculous. That would have been a kick I in the nuts. that guy existed. I would have been pissed. I would have been pissed. Like it, I feel like we've really got this one right, and I hope, I really hope, he's able to poach a pitching coach from Tampa or Cleveland. Um, or yeah, that's like see, that. that's the exact thing. It's it's what type of what this all boils down to because right now we know I think we all are very happy with our hitting coach at the moment Alex yeah, Zumwalt, I think yeah. he did a fantastic job this past season. Um, it's all about what pitching staff he brings in, uh, coaching wise. Like I I think that is completely going to define whether or not this is going to work out. And at the end of the day, yeah, I I pretty much said at the start if there's someone that I want to be in charge of assembling a pitching staff. Someone that I want to have observed whatever the hell the Astros, Guardians, and Rays are doing. So um, I'm I'm very very very. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm super excited about it. I think one thing John Sherman made very clear with this hire is he wanted an analytical guy, and finally the Royals have a guy who's with the current times. Um, you know, not that Ned wasn't a bad... You know, I, I will stand on the throne that Ned was a good manager and that those last few years he was here wasn't were not entirely his fault. Um, but he wasn't a huge analytical guy and neither was Matheny. You finally got a guy, it feels like, that's kind of with the times and he, he kind of gets the game in where it's at right now. And that's probably the biggest thing. And also... You know, a big thing with Matheny is one of the reasons he got fired in St. Louis is he didn't really get along with the locker room. Everything you hear about Quotero is that he has a great relationship with players. And that's a huge, huge deal because most of those players he's had a great relationship with have been young prospects with Cleveland and with Tampa. I I think it's just good all around. And I think his reputation speaks for itself. So only time can tell how actually uh, how this will actually play out. But. I think, yeah. Sorry. No, I thought you were done. Finish your sentence. I, know, I was just gonna say, from this from this view, we from what we know right now, this is a, a thing to be happy about. Yeah, uh, I was just gonna ask, how long do you, are you guys gonna give him to kind of judge him? Like two or three years. Yeah, I was I gonna mean, say the Royals are a mess right now. Too, I was gonna I say three to four. I I don't think. Now well, they gave him Matheny three. No, That's but... it. Yeah, but Matheny was... Um... It was different. I, I 1,000% agree it was different. And when you say time you give, it's it's you have to feel like you're progressing. 
Yeah. Did we the one when we finally felt like we were progressing with the Royals we this went, season we hit half. the floor, yeah. You know? So if if two years go by and it feels like we haven't gotten any better, maybe you consider a different thing. Or if we get significantly better this year and it all gets erased, but at the end of the day, like I think that the Royals are in a situation where their main direction they can go is up. The pitching can't get much worse, and the hitting is all young. So you have to think that things will get better before they yeah. get worse for the Kansas And honestly, City. like, I know there will be fans with stupid high expectations, but with the roster the current way it is, and sure they'll make a little, they'll make some splashes, but assuming they don't make a gigantic splash in the offseason, my expectations are honestly just like win like a little over 70 games. I don't have skyrocket expectations for this guy this year, and I don't think anyone else should. I don't think people should have. Oh, you know, we can win 80 games with this guy. That'd be great, and I'd be thrilled. But let's not hold him to that standard. Let's let's be realistic with this guy, and let's give him a little bit of time because it, it's not like he's coming in to the Tampa Bay Rays. He's not coming in to the Cleveland Guardians. He's coming into a team that just had one of the worst pitching seasons of all time, uh, and it doesn't just turn immediately. Yep. Well, and one thing. To agree. Yeah. And one thing I wonder about him is how close his relationship with J.J. Picoyo will be. I know that, like, Ned Yost was relatively involved in the decisions with Dayton Moore to some extent. Um, but, uh, look, just when you said uh, that the Royals might make a couple small splashes, I think that that's definitely something we can expect. The Royals haven't been in a situation where they need to spend money until now, but our owner has kind of an initiative that he wants to fulfill, and he can't do that. Royals are still shit, and I I think that a lot of changes are just going to be coming forward. Uh, there's going to be a very different look Royals from this past season to the next one, I believe. I would, I would have to agree. I'm kind of glad you talk, talked about that. Because when John Sherman was hired, or not hired, when he bought the Royals, he really, in his press conference, really set the mindset like, I'm going to make this, this is going to be a different ownership. We're not going to be setting the players... And just hoping they work out. Like, he's going to be pressing hard. And I know we haven't seen that a lot uh, since he's been hired. But he's got this year, he's gotten rid of the GM. He got rid of the manager. He's getting a whole fresh new start. Like, this is John Sherman's franchise now. In the past, it was Dayton Moore and, uh, Miss, and the Glasses, uh, I guess you can say, team. But now, this is John Sherman's team. Like, I, I, get, I know JJ is the GM, but, like... I just have a feeling that John Sherman is making a lot of these calls. Yeah, I mean, I think that let's not think that they're going to give like get a guy like Carlos Correa this offseason, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they went after some of these like mid to lower tier free agents and you know, I think one of those guys is actually a guy that we just had. I would I'd like to see them bring Grinky back. Um he had a solid I season. I agree. And people like him around the clubhouse. I I'd like to see that happen. Uh, and then, you know, maybe just some other pitchers along the way, somebody, uh, you know, some other guys, maybe, you know, a utility guy, something like that. Um, but I agree, you know, obviously John Sherman at first didn't do a lot and really wasn't the right timing, you know, COVID, I wouldn't have made a change after 60 games of a season. That wasn't enough to tell anything. 2021, we won 74 games. It was an improvement. Uh, and so then this year when it was time, he finally made a change. Um, and so I'm happy with so far what he's been able to do. And, 
you know, I think this offseason the Royals are going to be a little more active than they have been the last few years. Yep, I can't wait, honestly. It's just it doesn't feel right to all be agreeing about the Royals. It just like none of us are disagreeing with anything. Uh, yeah. I mean, but we'll see, you know, I mean, because we don't know really what we're doing. No, I mean, look, I think we all agree that, like, between all the big sports, probably a baseball manager has the least influence on what happens during play. Uh, but still, it could be a big deal. It, if you get the right guy, it could make a huge difference. Um, but I think that's enough Royals talk for now. Um, we can go ahead and dive into NFL Week 8 because it is – God, it feels weird. It, we are – actually, excuse me, not NFL Week 8, NFL Week 9. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and get into it, boys. Josh, what are the standings? Well, guys, as a podcast, we went one and five in underdog and lock of the week. Ooh. And you know what that one win was? Hmm. The Tennessee fucking Titans. The Tennessee Titans, yep. Three and zero oh when they were my lock and week, a lock of the week. So, just saying. I can tell you one thing. But no, we're not going to get them this week. Standings. <laughs> John is three and five. Well, for this is lock of the week. Jackson is four and four. I am six and two. Underdog of the week. I am two and six. Jackson is three and five. John is four and four. Tough. This is there, probably one of the worst starts we've had to lock of the week in our. This three is years. a crazy week with the lines, um, and it starts on Thursday night, where we get the NFL's. Last undefeated team, Philly, headed to Houston to take on the Texans. The Eagles are 14-point favorites. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to be touching that. And if you do, then you're going to probably be You're ballsy. You're ballsy if you touch that. If I were to touch it, I like Houston plus 14, uh, mainly because it's a short week. Uh, but, yeah, Philly, to me, locked to win this game. To me, Philly is clearing away in this. I'm not – I know I'm – Kind of make this sound like controversial. It's not. They're the best team in the NFC. It's not close. So I think they take care of business. Yeah, I'll take Philly to win this game as well. Uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> why am I, I going what? third? Yeah, why is he coming? Because no one took it, so that's fine. Oh, yeah. yeah, sorry. No, oh, yeah. I was like, I should be going third. I haven't even said it. Uh, I'm going Eagles as well. Yeah. Let's go to the Sunday slate, the noon slate, the three and five shit Packers take on the one and six shit Lions. Packers are three and a half point favorites. You know, a, a slight part of me thought about locking this when I was looking through the list earlier. Um, I I do like the Packers in this game a little bit. I think they had an, despite getting a lot of flack for it, I think they had an okay game against the Bills. Oh, it went way better than I thought it was going to go. I I predicted forty-five to ten. Did one of you not take Packers like plus ten and a half? No, I took Packers oh. underdog of the week. But oh, you took just... Packers underdog. Okay. If you as if if you listen to this podcast, you know every week my underdog of the week I don't deep down think is actually going to win. I just have to pick one. Um. So yeah, I will go ahead and take the Packers. I I will stay away from locking them. Yeah. Um. I have no hope in this team. This is the most depressing shit I've ever seen. They are so bad at so many things. Um, so undisciplined. 
it hurts to watch. It really does hurt to watch. Rodgers just should have retired because they've put a joke of a team around him. Fuck it. Lions underdog of the week. Like, just fucking give me the Lions. I don't, <laughs> I don't think Green Bay could beat anybody right now. So just give me Detroit. All right. Okay, Jackson. Uh, no, give me Packers. That that was a dumb lock. Underdog of the week. Is it dumb? Green Bay's lost four yes. games in a row. They got to end it sometime soon, right? Do they? Do they? I mean, they could finish with three wins. It's not out of the equation. Well, and you won't draft a wide receiver probably then. <laughs> no, we could fucking have uh, Randy Moss in reincarnated on the board, and we'd be like, "Oh, let's take a fucking quarterback." God, I fucking hate Green Bay's GM. Such a piece of shit. All right. Next game. Chargers at Falcons. Chargers are coming off of a bye. Chargers are three-point favorites in Atlanta. Oh, Lord Jesus. I really thought about taking the Chargers in this one. Uh, And fuck it. I'll go ahead and do it. Chargers minus three lock of the week. Uh, I Mm. love that bye week. I, I was stuck between the Chargers and the Chiefs because they were my two bye teams, and I just like it. And honestly, I you'll hear me later. I don't understand why the Chiefs are such a fat favorite, which means I'm going to bet on them. Um, but I don't know, man. So I'm going to take the one I do kind of understand. Um, I think the, I think the Falcons are a little fake good recently. Um, they got pretty lucky last week. Uh, more than pretty lucky. DJ Moore doesn't take his helmet off. That game probably has a different outcome. Um and yeah, I'm just hoping the Chargers can stop being shit sooner rather than later for me. Not not that I want that to happen because if they lose, that's fine. Go ahead. I'm on an opposite side of you. I like the the Falcons here, and I don't think the Falcons are as a fluky team. Now, I don't think they're a contender by any means, but I do think they have a formula and they have an identity and they stick to it. And I like that about them. And yeah, you can say they got lucky last week. But if we're being honest, they should have won that game. Like, the DJ Moore. Uh, they just, did get a little unlucky. To... Like, come on. Like, since when, could, <laughs> since when could PJ Walker throw 65 yards in the air that perfectly? Like, that throw was one of the most That throw was one of the greatest I've ever seen of all time. It reminded I think me it of, is like, the best throw. It reminded me of, like, a prime Aaron Rodgers throw. It was ridiculous. Um, it was the Patrick Mahomes throw in Atlanta in the preseason, mm-hmm. but, like, to a to a well defended receiver, in, in the like, final seconds of the in, game, like it was in ridiculous. the final seconds of the game. I tweeted right when it happened. I was like, "That is the most Atlanta Falcon loss of all time." And sure enough, <laughs> the Panthers outdid themselves. Um, but yeah, I like Atlanta here. I like Atlanta. I as well like the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, Atlanta's playing good football right now. Believe it or not, I know we just went on that, but it's like. They're not playing bad football. So oh, we'll see. Fine. Give me give me uh give me the Chargers. Okay. Our next game is an interesting one. The Dolphins travel to Chicago to take on the Bears and the Dolphins are five point favorites. Yeah, I like the Dolphins in this one. The Bears sold a little bit at the deadline. They got rid of Robert Quinn, which like made Rokon Smith cry at a press conference, and then he got traded too. Um, so the bears are a little bit, but they got Chase Claypool. <laughs> they did. They did. What they did get? What, is there logic for that? Like, no, there's I, zero. 
Okay, because I saw that and was like, what the hell well, is this? Okay, so... They gave up a second-round pick. Yeah, but they also got a second for Raquan, so they kind of just traded, like, Raquan Smith for, for Claypool. For, That's yeah, kind of what happened. Trade, Except that yeah. Claypool... Uh, has another year on his contract, and Raquan doesn't. I guess that's the logic. And Raquan Smith's also like 10 times better than Chase Claypool, just as a player. At their positions, yeah. So, yeah. Kind of hard to compare a linebacker and a receiver, but yeah. yeah Wide no. receivers are much more valuable commodities than linebackers nowadays, though. I will say if it, if it helps Justin Fields develop, it's well worth it. That's, that's I agree. What my, that's what, that's I what my thought process was kind of at. Is like, if if they're and trying to give Justin Fields a little more help to help him develop better this year, because they don't they they know they're not going to compete this year. So if he can develop, that I think that's more important than anything. Um, but yeah, I I'm actually <clears throat> I like the Dolphins to win this game, but I think it's a close game. I think it comes down to a field goal at the end. Um, Miami, not as great on the road in Chicago. Say what you want about them. They're bad, uh, but they fight. They don't die. They just keep coming back regardless of the score. And Were you about to do Chicago plus five? No, no, no. I I, I, I would say if you were to bet this, I would take the Bears plus five, but I'm not crazy confident in that. Gotcha. I'm not confident in the Bears either. I like the Dolphins. Simple enough. This one's interesting to me. The Panthers at the Bengals. The Bengals are seven-point favorites. Again, there will be no Jamar Chase. Oh, sorry. I will take the uh, the Panthers, actually, in this one. Um, for the reason that the Bengals looked terrible last night, um, I think that no Jamar Chase is a big thing when it comes to this team. And, yeah, I, I think Joe Burrow is really good at a lot of things and he's really bad at some things and the bad things show up when Jamar Chase can't help him out. Yeah, I'm going to go. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, like, Cincinnati threw a stinker in there. Um, Carolina's coming off of a devastating loss. Um, Again, if I was a betting man, I'd take plus seven, but I think the Bengals win this game. I I try not to take too much in the last week. Because Joe Burrow in his career is 0-4 against the Browns for some reason. So maybe they're just his kryptonite. But yeah, definitely a bad look for Cincinnati. Yeah. uh, When it doesn't strike once, do it again. Panthers underdog of the week. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. It's going to be interesting if they respond, how they respond to losing a game like the one they just lost. Some teams respond very well to that, and some teams crumble. Next game, Colts at Patriots. This used to be the marquee matchup in the NFL, but now it sucks. Patriots are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I will take the Patriots in this one. This is a team I thought about locking. Um, because... I thought you thought about locking every fucking team. I know, I know, and I'm, I don't know why, but I never, I never, I don't think I've locked a dog a single time this year. Um... Look, I I always like the Bill Belichick versus inexperienced quarterbacks bet. Um, so that's an obvious advantage of the Patriots here. But I got burned locking the Patriots a while ago, so I'll just take them to win straight up. Uh, and yeah. I don't have a strong opinion on this one. I'll take New England. 
I'm going to take New England as well. I just don't think... I think the Colts are going to be a top five draft pick. It's possible. And they need it. So, we'll see. Um, next game, Bills at Jets. The Bills are 13-point favorites. Uh, I'll take the Bills for obvious reasons. Uh, I almost said thought about locking them, but it's a little bit juicy. Um, well, you already geez, locked man. them. Or you already uh, locked. A, you already locked. You already locked chargers. the Chargers. I I just said that. I was just okay. making a joke about how you said yeah. it sounds like you locked every team this week. Um, oh. I, I I at the end of the day, Josh Allen's insane. He blows my mind every time I watch him. Cheering against Josh Allen is kind of like whenever I do it, I'm like, okay. So this is what happens when what it feels like when you're cheering against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Like it's very similar. You just feel helpless as hell. Like. You think he gets sacked, and he runs for a 20-yard gain. or It was a 50-yard bomb. Awesome. Uh, so I, I think he'll keep it rolling. I think the Bills basically have the one seed in the AFC in their pocket. They do not play anyone that I think will beat them for the rest of the season. Yeah, I like Buffalo here, but I do have a statement to make on Zach Wilson on the podcast. Um, Been waiting for it. I went back and watched the film last week after the game. Um, I watched every snap. I watched every throw, and I've, I've got to say something on the podcast. I'm not done with the guy. I still, I'm still in on him. I'm no, still in on you him. You lose something you attracted. No, no, nope, you nope. Li- Josh, you let me explain. Let me explain. explain. Let me you listen in the group chat that you attracted your opinions let- on Zach Wilson. I'll just wait. I'll wait. Listen. I was driving home from Lawrence, and I saw he had three interceptions, and I was like, yeah, what the fuck? But then I went back and watched the film, and I watched every snap, every throw he made. And he made a couple of dumbass throws. But I still see the throws in there that made me fall in love with the prospect. If he could just limit some of the dumbass mistakes he makes, which, by the way, a lot of young quarterbacks make dumbass mistakes, especially against Belichick, um, I actually still think he can win. I still think he can be a good quarterback, and I actually left that much more positive about him than I thought I was going to. So I'll take. Buffalo didn't you here. literally call him like the next? Didn't you call him like the next Patrick Mahomes? Okay, now we're just going crazy. No, I said yes. You did. We can go find a. I podcast. did not call not him the next Patrick it. Mahomes. I would never call somebody the next Patrick Mahomes. I said out of everyone in that draft, he reminded me of Mahomes the most, which I still believe in. He is still, in me, the most athletic quarterback in that class uh, on the run, has the best arm. I still believe that. Um, obviously, he'll never touch Mahomes. So let's not act like I said that. But, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, yeah I'm not, Anyway, I'm, Zach Wilson's the best. So I'm give not the done best. on Zach Wilson. That's my official statement. Give me the bills. I hate Zach Wilson. <laughs> um, next game, the Vikings at the Commanders. The Vikings are three and a half point favorites. The Vikings uh, had a statement of intent today. Turning for Taylor Hawkinson, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, I will take the Commanders underdog of the week. Um, Ooh, interesting. Taylor Heineke. Nothing for Josh. Taylor Heineke. Uh, John, I've already taken underdog of the week. Oh, you have? Yeah, I had Panthers. Oh, so Jackson was probably stashing the Titans anyway. No, I already took it. I took Detroit. You already took the other self-deprecating. He's taking Titans plus 12 lock of the week. 
No okay. comment. So I will take Commanders underdog. I do think the Vikings win that. Um, they're pretty good. They are. They're probably the best they've been my uh, since they had Brett Favre. Maybe. I don't oh know. yeah, John. They, you literally had to, you literally have, had to take Commanders. They they did the the year they went thirteen and three with Case Keenum. But I mean, yeah, but they had Case Keenum. They're probably better than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Minnesota here. Minnesota's going to cakewalk to win the North. And then, really, to me, isn't that surprising? I knew that Minnesota was going to be a lot better this year. So, yeah, therefore, that reason, Vikings minus three and a half, lock it in. I mean, they're playing such great ball right now. Yeah, they are. Just wait they until are. they have to God Hansen, Wait until they play a night game. Someone said it best. Are the Vikings good? Are the Vikings great? Are the Vikings elite? Are they god tier? Like you don't know, but they're you know that they're good. Whoever scheduled the Vikings schedule loves Kirk Cousins because they only have had one primetime game in Philly and they only have one primetime game left. Only two night games all season. Like Yeah, they, and they also love to suck Russell Wilson's cock. Like this is insane. Like we're you're gonna get so many twelve PM Kirks the rest of the way. Um, and that's where you pick him. He's done miracles on me. That's what it is for 12 p.m. Kirk. The next game, the Raiders at the Jaguars. The Raiders are one-point favorites. Ooh. You know, I keep betting on the Jaguars. Fucking Trevor Lawrence. I hate that stupid Clemson piece of shit. There was, a, there was an interception at the goal line, up 10-0, and then just shits his pants the rest of the game. And loses to Russell Wilson, and now I'm three and five in lock of the week. I could have gotten back to 500, but that shithead doesn't know what he's doing. Um, so for that reason, I'm taking the Raiders, and I'm cheering for the Raiders. The Jaguars have lost me lock of the week twice this year. They can fuck off. I beg you to find me a trade that hurt both parties more than the Devonte Green Bay trade. Devonte a week ago oh. had a catch for three yards. Um, Pretty evident that the Packers need Devontae, and Devontae kind of needs the Packers. Um, stuff to watch. I saw a stat that said the Raiders did not cross midfield until three minutes in the fourth quarter last week. Ugly, ugly game. McDaniels oh, is obviously Lord. a shit coach. Um, but I have to take the Raiders here, because every time, every week, I'm like, ooh, this is a good spot for the Jaguars. Nope! Trevor Lawrence turns into, like, first rookie year Josh Allen and throws a dumbass interception like John said. So, I'm taking yep, the yep. Raiders. Against Russell Pissing Wilson. Yeah. I mean, the Jaguars are notorious for losing in London. It's just what they do. Yeah, give me... <laughs> Shit. Raiders are ass. Jaguars shake. Give me the Jags. I've fallen for the Jags tricks one too many times this year. Um, next game, afternoon slate now. A very... Uh, let's see, we only got two afternoon games this week? Interesting. Um, Seahawks at Cardinals. Cardinals are two-point favorites. Uh, I will take the Seahawks. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Can you tell me a non-Chiefs quarterback that you've ever wanted to cheer for more than Geno Smith? Like, Aaron, I love this. Aaron Rodgers. This, this is so fun. Okay. <laughs> a non-your-team quarterback that you've wanted to cheer for. This is crazy. I yeah. I vividly remember being I was like I think eight, and I remember watching K State kick Geno Smith's ass when he was at West Virginia, and I was like, "What a dumbass!" Like 
they hyped that game up all week and Geno Smith just got whipped. Then he went to the NFL and he sucked. I was like, damn. He knows butt. And now he's doing this. And I yeah. I love it. I just I love it. Inject it in my veins. After that comment week one, he was like, I didn't write back or whatever. That was great. I I the Seahawks could like go on to win the Super Bowl and I'd be pretty about it all. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I I have a take here. Um and you might think it's silly. If it were not for Brian Dable, because Brian Dable's the coach of the year, and I think we all know that, I think Pete Carroll would be the Pete coach Carroll. of the year. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, you, can't, you can't give Brian Dable the coach of the year just yet. What about the Vikings? Like, they're 6-1. and one. Hey, You know, yeah, that's true. let's be honest. That's Coming true. into this year, did you think Minnesota or the Giants had a better shot at making the playoffs? Like, Minnesota, exactly. but at the same I'm time, say, I'm just saying. Okay, no, let me say this. Let me say this. The Vikings have a better, still have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Giants do. The Giants can still eat well, easily fall apart. Like there's, I think they're still frauds. Okay, but they have a pretty. You know who else schedule. I'd put into the non? You know who I'd put into the non newcomer coach deserving of coach of the year consideration pile? Who? Ike McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm gonna yeah I'll go this week though specifically I like the Cardinals, they just play so much better at home it feels like and DeAndre Hopkins makes us a different football team like they are completely yeah. different with Hop, um, but I like this game this game's gonna be a lot of fun I think. My picking I I I didn't know if you're you, picking if you buddy. Picked you. Okay, yeah, give me the Seahawks. I was really thinking about Seahawks plus two, lock of the week. But I, I really like the Vikings more than the Seahawks plus two. Okay. Next game. This was supposed to be a dandy. It's not anymore. The Rams at the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are three-point home favorites. Uh, Yeah, you know, I'll take the Buccaneers in this one. I think the Rams are kind of falling into a poop hole. Um, and every day... Those Rams aren't going to make the playoffs predictions just continue to be affirmed and affirmed, um, which I've, I've agreed with those the whole time. Um, yeah, the the Rams have had a tough go of it. Is there not like a little bit of injury conversation with Cooper Cup? There is. Add to that. There is. Yeah. So I would say that I'll take the Patriot or not the Patriots, the Buccaneers to bounce back in this one. Yeah, I have a prediction here. I have a prediction here. To me, in my opinion, and maybe it's just PTSD, but this is the week Tampa gets it turned around. I think Tampa wins this week, and it spurts them on a little bit of a run. Because coming up, they've got Seattle and London. I think they can take care of that. They've got Jacoby Brissett's Cleveland, and then they've got the Saints. I think this gets them on a mini run with this win, a revenge game from the playoffs a year ago. Um, And the Rams, to me, like we've talked about on this podcast, they just are terrible. Stafford looks horrible. That offensive line is bad. Um, I mean, it's what happens when you don't have any draft picks as eventually you run out of young talent and your guys get kind of old. Got it wrong, buddy. They're in Germany. Oh, Germany. Germany. My my apologies. Or the Chiefs will be next year. Yeah, we don't need to bring that up again. Makes me want to puke. Josh. I, Jackson, said the Buccaneers were going to turn it around last week. Did they? No. Are they going to do it this week? Fuck. If they don't, Tom Brady should just mid-retire. I will say. But 
Yeah, go ahead. But with all that being said, I'm going to pick the Rams. I just... Mm. Fuck, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this still is going to be a good game. Yeah, maybe. They're both bad. They both need to win badly. I'll say, um, I do think now that the divorce is finalized, I think that helps Tom going forward. It's not something he has to worry about anymore. I think that could be a big deal for him, is now going forward... He just can kind of focus on the season. I think that could be a that could be something we'd look at. I right. have to agree. Here we go. Sunday night football. Titans at Chiefs. Both five and two. Uh, might be Malik Willis. Might be Ryan Tannehill. Twelve and a half point Chief favorites. So yeah, the Chiefs big favorites in this one. Um, I look quote quote a wise man outside of the playoffs. We can't beat these guys. We can't beat these fuckers, man. We can't beat them. Um, the the Titans traditionally give the Chiefs shit in the regular season. Um, or I guess, not necessarily regular season. I guess just every time besides the AFC Championship. Yeah. Uh, in like the past five years. Um, oh, I'm I'm pretty nervous about this one. All things considered, I don't know how I just feel about the Chiefs' defense in general being capable of stopping Derrick Henry. Um, and you know, you just never know. The Chiefs have a tendency to play poor against bad teams. We barely beat the Raiders. They're bad. Like the, we lost to the Colts. Uh, and I mean, conversely, our offense steamrolled the Buccaneers and the, uh, 49ers. So I just never know how to feel about Chiefs game. Um, I will take the Chiefs though, as much as I started off with that. Um, but I do worry that this is going to be a, very close game and I only because I don't want to have to cheer against the Chiefs is why I didn't take Titans plus 12 and a half but. yeah you guys know what I have to do um, I already put it in I it's literally been in my document since the start of the podcast like I'm I would have done it if you didn't do it Chiefs plus or excuse me sorry Titans plus 12 and a half lock of the week um don't the, blame you. I had this prorated and if you don't know what that means, it just means like the lines that I would put it at, like if it were me. I had this at seven. So I think you're getting significant value on Tennessee. What this line tells me is I don't think Ryan Tannehill plays. Um, Who is spinning a fidget spinner right now? Me. That's impressive. I can, that's impressive. I can check that out. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyways, uh, good ears, Josh. But uh, yeah, no, if the line kind of tells me this is Malik Willis. And who knows what will happen there. But, yeah, this will be interesting. Like John, you know, he took everything I was going to say, basically. Titans own us in the regular season, similar to Indianapolis. And it's going to be tough. And they play the best style of football versus Kansas City. Keep away. Uh, Derrick Henry is a monster on the ground. And not having Frank Clark this game is going to suck. Uh, I never thought I'd say that. But Frank Clark actually plays good against Derrick Henry. Um, but, yeah, I do like the Chiefs to win. I like them by about a touchdown. Interesting. I, myself, are going to take the Chiefs as well. I think, obviously, they're a good football team. Andy Reid is, I think I saw 20-3 and now coming off a bye. I think when you put these two teams up against each other, I really think if the Titans have Ryan Tannehill, it's going to be a good game. Malik Willis just did not show good signs last week against the Texans, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. I'm going to go Chiefs and... 
I'm going to go Titans plus 12 as well. I really did not like that line one plus bit. Plus 12 I thought, and a half. Make sure you have that in there. Oh, uh, it was It's plus 12 on ESPN. I'm on ESPN. All right. It's all, yeah, it is 12 and a half. Yeah. We don't want any bullshit. Um, but, yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just a huge line. I can't believe it's that much. That's that's what I thought it would be if we were playing, like, the Texans. 12 and a half? Wow. Um, but I guess the pros, and I guess Vegas kind of is also in on the trend that Andy Reid off of a bye week is lethal. And that I'm is look, true. I'm looking at the injury sure. report, and it says the only guy on it's Mike Dana. Questionable. So, should be pretty good to go there. Okay. Perfect. Monday Night Football. Ravens at the Saints. The Ravens are three-point favorites. I'll take the Ravens. Uh, but honestly, man, I at this point, trying to figure out what the hell the Saints deal is, I, I have no clue. No idea. Yeah, I'll take Baltimore as well. I don't have a ton on this game, but they get a little bit of an extended rest because they played on Thursday. So I, I think Baltimore's a pretty solid team. I'm going to go Baltimore. I really was thinking about locking these people in as well, but I'm not going to. But come Monday night, I might be traveling up to Iowa to make a quick bet. <laughs> yeah. Legally. Legally, of course. We would never do anything illegal. That's that's just not that's sinful. Not what we do. It's uh, not the people we are. Yeah, one thing that's keeping me from really liking this game is Mark Andrews is questionable. He's a lot of what they do. I kind of wish that I knew more, but we don't. It's the reality of recording a Tuesday podcast. We don't know a lot yet. But that yep. is NFL Week 9. Uh, we are, what is this, technically the halfway point now that there's 17 or, yeah, kind of like 18. Yeah, there's 18 weeks. So this is the halfway point. Crazy that we're here. Um, I was going to get into something. Oh, yeah. Josh, uh, it's time. Oh, we're doing that right now? Well, Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We The Chiefs made a couple trades. We should talk about it. Oh, yeah. How did we forget this? Um, let's start with the first one. Kadarius Tony from the Giants for a third and a sixth round pick. Now, personally, I view this in the lens as a long-term move, but what do you guys think? Josh, you want me to lead off? Yeah, you can if you want. Okay. I, I assume mine will be on the more positive side here. Um, Yeah, Jackson, I completely agree. I think it 100% is a long-term move. Um, This guy was a first-round pick uh, 2021, so mm-hmm. this is year two for him. Um. And that means he has a fifth-year option. So the Chiefs traded a third and a sixth for uh, three and a half years of organizational uh, control, pretty much. Um, so I think, for one, while it is a long-term move, because, look, when you look at the Chiefs roster after this season, Juju's gone, Michael Hardman's gone, um, and if the Chiefs wanted to, they can cut MVS for basically nothing. Um, so to get a guy that we trust in the receiving core uh, is good. I, I think he 100% is a very talented receiver. I think no one has any doubts about that. Um, the question is, can he keep his legs underneath him? Um, and yeah, that is There's that a bigger... I mean, Andy's a bit of a head case. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. The, the thing I will say is a lot of teams at this deadline basically traded away their future for now. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs kind of got a little bit of both here. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, it's a little bit more difficult to expect him to just 
slot in seamlessly. But, uh, you know, a lot of teams have been bulking up for the right now. The Chiefs got a little better now, and they got nicely set for the future. So if it turns out that he can stay healthy, I think this is a fantastic move, and I don't mind the third and the sixth price for him. Yeah, when you look at it, I I don't view this as a Josh Gordon-type signing, but... I don't view this as this man's going to turn our wide receiver core around. And I'm not saying they were ever bad in the first place. What I am saying is the value that I think we gave them was way too much. In my opinion, I like that he does have three years. And I like that we have the option to, if we need to cut MVS or we just don't want to resign him. Or if Juju doesn't want to resign, which I don't think will happen. We have the ammo already backed up for the next few years. I really do like that part. But... With all that being said, I just hated the amount of picks we, or the amount of draft capital we gave up. I really don't think a third and a six was that much. Like, I feel like with I the, think a third, I think the third is what I'm pissed about. But like, what what caliber of wide receivers were uh, like are going to be around at the third round of the draft from here? Is this last draft we had? Everybody and their mother wanted a wide receiver. How many were picked in the first two rounds? Had to be like at least a dozen. Yeah. Maybe more. Like, I, I really think, and reminder, we still have a pick in every single round this upcoming draft. Um, Correct. Also, that pick is basically a fourth rounder. It's in the third round compensation section, meaning it's, like, at the end of the third round. Um, So it's not, like, as good as a traditional third round pick. I don't know. I am completely fine with it. Uh, I, I do think there's a little bit of, like, smoke here. Uh, some people are questioning whether or not he was actually hurt. Whether he's just in the doghouse and the Giants have been waiting Andy to move Reed. him the whole time. So Andy Reid did say that he is he is healthy. So take that how you want. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I mean, he tweeted basically saying he wasn't hurt, and it seems like the Giants kind of done with him. So you have to question whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I think from the surface level, this move has a lot of potential to play out really. Jackson, you've been awfully quiet. Get in here. Um, yeah, like I feel like I'm one of the few people that doesn't have a super strong opinion on this move. Uh, I liked it for the long-term fact that we're not going to have the opportunity to bring back Clyde, or excuse me, not Clyde, uh, McColl and uh, Juju probably will not be able to bring them both back. And I also view it like everyone's talking like, wow, you gave up a lot of draft capital. And, and while that might be true, um, that you gave up a third, and that, that can be substantial. Uh, we got to, all things considered, understand. Our third-round pick right now was Leo Chanel, who is, you know, he's okay, right? He's not making the difference between wins and losses. And that's what a guy like Darius Tony can do. Um, also interesting, we have, like you said, John, an extra third uh, because of the Ryan Poles hire. So I feel like it's not as significant as just trading your singular third-round pick here. Um, and I like Tony a lot. I liked Tony coming out of college. Now, off the field, I need him to, you know, kind of stay stay normal. Don't go too crazy. Don't do anything that's going to piss people off. But the Chiefs have brought in people before like this where they, you know, kind of had off the field drama elsewhere. And they've been able to kind of, you know, once they've become uh, a part of a winning environment, they've been able to turn that around and they've been able to play uh, to the Chiefs' favor. And look, this is the number one thing I'll say to people is everyone that's doubting this, everyone that's saying he barely has any stats and that he's barely done anything, you really think, you really, really think that Brett Veach and Andy Reid 
didn't do their homework on this move and just completely blindly did this. I don't. I don't believe that for a second. I believe this was something they that they considered exactly for what doing. weeks. I think they were considering this for weeks before they made this happen. Um, and I'm excited to see how they incorporate him. Uh, yeah. If if I had to pick a bone with this trade, and this is this is a very like first world probably complaint, um, but Robert Quinn got traded from the Bears for a fourth round pick. We could have just given Brian Poles like the pick that we got for him, just been like, here you go, um, and we could have gotten Robert Quinn. I sure. don't know if that's a situation that we wouldn't have preferred, um, but clearly. The Chiefs are up to some shit regardless. So we'll have to see how this plays out. Yeah, because let's transition that into the Chiefs on the trade deadline day, which is today of the recording, um, traded Rashad Fenton at the very last moment to the Falcons for a seventh-round pick, clearing up $1.4 million of cap space. What did you guys think about this move? Uh, Josh, you want to leave this one off since I took the last one? Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't think we're signing anyone that what okay, let me ask you guys this. Who do you think we're gonna sign? I have literally no clue. I don't think they I have bet, a, a I don't I don't think I don't think we're gonna sign anyone. I think it just clears it up. Like yeah. maybe. I think that the Chiefs definitely have something in mind here. Look, if you there's... Admit, that's the case, then I, then sweet, you know. It just doesn't make any sense if they don't. Why would yeah. you especially for a team that's had so many questions surrounding their corner depth and Look, I get Rashad Fenton's out of contract after this season. That's a big part of it, too, is they don't have security on him. You know, better earlier than later. But it's still kind of a crazy move. Well, not crazy, but still kind of a head-scratcher move if the Chiefs are just going to sit on their money now. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Now, now, look, obviously, got to toot the Odell Beckham horn, but there's still other places the Chiefs could look, too. There's plenty of interior and exterior offensive linemen or defensive linemen that are available um the chiefs might have a certain one in mind um i don't know but i i think it has to be a free agency move to do it right at the end of the deadline like that and to just give up like a guy that's been a starter for the last three years out of nowhere there has to be a reason right can't just be to save money yeah i mean mean, you would hope so it's interesting, right? Like the Kelsey thing happens. This happens. I think as of this morning, the Chiefs had three point three million dollars in cap space. They pro- what? What do they have now? About close to five. Four point um, five million. Like something around there. Like so, it's interesting. And they can cut Ronald Jones still and save another. Like saw a report today though that said they do not want to do that. That they are still interested in seeing what he can do. I don't know what the situation is there, but why? I saw a report why, why that they you, don't want to cut. Why him. wouldn't they have like elevated him from the practice squad once just to see what happens? I mean, geez, they like you don't even have to have a guy on your fifty-two man roster for them to play anymore. You've just stuffed him there the whole time. I guess we're just waiting for somebody to get hurt because we know it's. I don't happen. know what the situation is, but <laughs> you know, you look at it, and I I don't know, man. It's just like. I think a guy they could go after is Ndamukong and Sue. I wouldn't be surprised yep. there. I don't think they're thrilled with the production of Derek Nottie and the defensive linemen, except for Chris Jones. Um, I don't know. I It'll be interesting to see what they do, but I, I just can't see them doing it for nothing. Now, th- there's a scenario where they end up with nobody, 
and they end up not using that cap space. But I don't think they cleared it up just to clear it up. I think they're clearing it up for an opportunity to go get somebody if it arises. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe. But that's a freaking big risk to take. Like, unless they think he's damaged goods. If you really don't think there's a player in the free agent pool right now that you're going to bring in, like, you're you're kind of, it's kind of counterintuitive, right? Like, if you're saving the money for in case you need it. But what if it's a DB that gets hurt? Like, then it then you have egg on your face. I don't know. I think another thing I, is McDuffie just got taken off IR. Maybe, maybe that has something to do with the move. I don't know. But I was always a guy who liked Rashad Fenton. I know he's had a tough year, but... I've always been a guy who was kind of uh, in on him. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I don't love the move. Obviously, the seventh-round pick doesn't mean anything. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Interesting and decision. Notable notable free agents. Obviously, Odell. Uh, yeah, Sheldon I think that's what everyone wants. I mean, yeah. And that the thing about Odell is no, like nobody can be mad if the Chiefs don't sign him because who the fuck knows what he wants to do. And second of all, like, is he healthy? Is he not? Like, yeah. is he is he good at re- like learning a playbook? Like, is he going to be lazy about that? Um, there's a lot of questions with him. Like, I think if he was going to play, certain he was playing, he would have done it by now. But like, you know, start learning a little bit. But we'll have to see. Uh, but I think it's more likely D line. I think a D lineman will be signed. Um, not that it's going to be somebody that's going to blow your mind, but. I think that's where the Chiefs are looking with this one. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll probably be within the next few weeks. We'll figure out what everything kind of means, but right now it is just up in the year. Um, yeah, we'll see though. All right, Josh, it's your time. All right, here we fucking go, you fucks. All right, NBA race to the ten seat coming in at number fifteen. They are 1-7. They've been shit since James Harden left. They've been shit since they blew the 3-1 lead. It's your fucking Houston Rockets. And at number 14, they got a, they went 1-4. They went four games without winning. Four! Not one, not two, not three, not four. But five games. That's how many it took. In the great words of LeBron, the Lakers, they're 1-5. And, and they splash water all over their coach. What the fuck are you doing, Los Angeles? Number 13, Keegan Murray is going to be the fucking Michael Jordan of this year's generation. It's the Sacramento Kings. Coming in at number 12, Paul George, step back, fade away, 6.7 seconds left. Everyone had their phone out. It's your Los Angeles Clippers. Coming in at number 11, it's Splash Bros. But it seems like Klay Thompson got a little dry. So, just it just might be Splash. Brother? Maybe? Go with that. Number 10. I don't know how the fuck they're here, but they're here. I mean, they've had a dude that's literally averaging 38 points a game and almost a triple-double. It's the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, I'm not going to give them shit other than the whole organization is shit. Except Luka. Number 9. It is Shea Gillis Alexander. Josh Giddy, I think. Still on there? Let's go with that. Chet Holgrim, even though he's not there. And uh, Alexander Poldobada, it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Coming in at number eight. They've done miracles down there. Getting dicked down in Memphis. It's the Memphis Grizzlies. (laughs) 
Coming in at number seven, Michael Porter Jr. Bus? No, didn't think so. Christian Bond? Suck my dick. It's the Denver Nuggets. And coming in at number six, say it with me, everyone. I like Popeyes. I know that's not racist. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh. I really hope they never get into like the top three seeds because then I'll be sad that we don't get. Well, I only go. They probably will this year. After the after the first three weeks, I usually go uh, twelve and twelve to six. Okay, so notable teams you're gonna have to come up with something for, even though they're not there yet. The Jazz will eventually be down there. Yeah, the Jazz have to lose. We're gonna figure that out. Um, The Spurs will be down there eventually, like you would think. Um, Who else is doing good? Portland Blazers. Yeah, Um, interesting. You know who you didn't say? The New Orleans Pelicans, because Zion is not a bust. Oh, I mean. He has a good team around him. And he's good. Um, college football just came out with the first playoff. Uh, he chose to say Zion is not a bust as I was using the toilet. Zion ain't no I bust, gosh. Here is says- the top six in the college football playoff. They just released it. Number Wait, six- before you say anything, I have not seen it. Okay. Well, I'll just. Who do you think number six is? Shit. I was going to go one through six. Well, start Can I do six. that? Fuck. Well, no, fine. We well, can do, well, it just kills the anticipation. Six? Six? Uh-huh. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Correct. Five. Five? The Clemson Tigers. Incorrect. Michigan. Michigan. Fuck! They are so fucking dumb! Anyway, number four, the Clemson Tigers. Yes, number three. I fucking hate the committee already. Number three, I swear to God, it better be fucking Georgia. It is. Number two. I love the committee. Number two's the Tennessee Volunteers. Number one's OSU. Ohio State's two. Tennessee's one. No fucking way. Tennessee's yes one. Yes way. They beat Bama. That's the thing. Everyone wants to get all up in their shit. If you beat Bama, you should just go to number one. Like, until you lose, you're undefeated, and you beat Bama. Like, come on. Every year. You know what? I'll go ahead and... I don't know if there's any like futures betting opportunities, but I would love to bet on Bama to win the national championship. I'm feeling it here. So guys, here's uh here's the thing. This week we get number one Tennessee versus number three Georgia. That's a terrible game. Tennessee's rip them. Georgia's the biggest fraud team ever. They almost <laughs> lost a Brady shit. Well, if Tennessee wins, Mizzou will play number one Tennessee next week. Just, They'll be playing number one, and they're gonna beat them. I'm serious. That it'll be the second. Logic, when's like, the last time? Lose. When's the last time Mizzou played two teams that were ranked number one in the same year? I don't even remember. I don't know if it's even happened. It's oh, it hasn't happened. It's ridiculous. But if Tennessee wins, they will still be number one. Georgia, though, this is crazy. Georgia is eight and a half point favorites this week versus Tennessee. Is it? It's, it has to be in Athens. It is it? in Athens. Uh, I'm man. This game is gonna be a hell of a game. I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, the committee finally came out with it. Uh, the AP com- disagrees. The AP had Georgia at number one, but Georgia's never been number one in my eyes since Mizzou. <laughs> That's kind of the thing, right? Is like if you struggle in either basketball or football, if you struggle to beat Mizzou, I kind of put you on fraud watch. Uh, and yeah, it's typically it right. It's Auburn. typically right. Yeah, Auburn last year. And all their fans were, like, trolling in the Mizzou comments. I was like, you beat Mizzou by one point. Like, this Mizzou team. (laughs) 
Great. And I, I never took him seriously again. It'll be interesting, yeah. Uh, what do you guys think the odds are we beat Kentucky this week? Uh, it's at Columbia. It's against a ranked team. Not ranked. I'm going 30%. Not ranked. Number nine, we're fucking getting our asses kicked. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, well, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. Mizzou plays good against ranked teams, and they're shit against everyone else. Doesn't make it makes jack shit. Look, one thing we ha- that has to be said is that Mizzou's defense is a bona fide like yes. baller defense. Give Blake is his Their name Blake defense. Bell? Is that his name? The DC at Mizzou. Not Blake Bell. Is it not? What's his name? It's Bell something. I think Bell I, Baker. I, I think Bell Baker. That's his name. Bell Baker, right? Baker Bell. Baker Bell. Um. Damn it! I should no, know this. I don't even know. Holy anyway. shit. Okay, one second. I'm Googling this. I know it's Baker something. Keep going, though. Uh, Yeah. The Mizzou defense is really good. Mizzou's Blake receiving Baker. core is pretty good. Blake Baker. Um, But uh, Mizzou's quarterback. But we all know this. Um, I don't know anything about Kentucky. What's Kentucky like? Um, Levis. That's all you need to know. They're okay. They... Had they probably underachieved a little bit this year to this point. Last week versus Tennessee, they lost forty-four to six. Um, but that's also Tennessee. They're they're okay. They're they're one and a half point favorites. One and a half point favorites. Yeah. They're not like ten point favorites. God, Mizzou's played good. Okay, guys, I hate saying it, but my friend no, told me this no, weird ass stat. No, no, no shut no. the fuck up. Shut no, the. We fuck almost lost Vanderbilt. The fuck gosh, up. you're full of shit. We suck. Okay, but they never lost the lead. And when Mizzou, if Mizzou would have won all the games that they would that they had going into the fourth quarter with a lead, Mizzou technically would be like ranked third in the nation. <laughs> like Mizzou is such a fucking <laughs> school. <laughs> we would be seven and one. We have covered four of the last five weeks. The only week we didn't yeah. cover was Vandy somehow. But yeah, you're right. We- if we don't, if we don't blow the Auburn game, if we don't blow the Georgia game, if we don't blow the Florida game, and if we didn't yeah, really blow the Florida game, yeah, that's the one that really didn't matter. Like it was ten ten, I guess we didn't blow that one, but still, uh, they'd be ranked if they didn't blow the Auburn and Georgia game. They would one hundred percent be ranked. It's just hilarious. This year has been like the biggest. If their only losses are if if they if they just hadn't blown Auburn, and Florida, and their only losses are. Georgia, K State, they're still ranked, right? I would rank them. Probably, yeah. Look, the K State loss, while it was ugly, makes more sense by the fucking. K State is is nasty as hell. The fact that they beat Oklahoma State forty eight to nothing, like, makes me feel a tad bit better. I hate this shit. I I could have gone two ways. I chose fucking Mizzou. Of fucking course I did. Of course, of course. I, mm, I, mm, you know, there's. There's three soccer teams in London, and I chose the shittiest one. And there's three colleges near Kansas City, and I chose by far the shittiest one. <laughs> Fuck Mizzou. D4 of the week is me. Well, okay. It's me. Josh is your D4 of the week. Arsenal, Chelsea, or KU, K-State. My life would be so I love how John just kind of like had maybe one of the cleanest transitions into the yeah. D4 of the week. My D4 of the week is going to be... It's going to be kickers. Yeah. Eddie Panera, to be exact. And you want to know something? College kickers can eat my ass. Yeah. I hate every single one of them. Kicking isn't that hard, okay? I go to the field, 
and I can make like eight out of ten from like thirty yards. If you're kicking, like if you've been kicking for years, you should be hitting every damn time. I don't even want to hear shit. And the twenty-one yard field goal should, that Mevis missed of was terrible. That guy does not. I mean, it just blows my mind because he has such a good game against Georgia, and then he makes me have a freaking like neurological event on my goddamn. Couch. Every kick Mevis kicked that last week versus South Carolina like made you fucking so scared. Like you had the oh. missed twenty-one yarder, then he hits the fifty yarder that somehow curled back in. It was left about 95% of the time. And then you have the 35-yarder, 34-yarder that hit off the upright. Yeah, like, it... (laughs) Every time Mebus kicks, you're like, geez. Honestly, like, someone tweeted out, the further back he is, the better. And yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, He, for some reason, within 25 yards, has been a mess. Why are both our kickers like this? Why? Harrison Bucker kicking an extra point has my asshole vibrating. And him kicking a 60-yarder, I'm literally like, oh, he's going to hit this. Like, it blows my mind. Like, yeah. They need to just go up there and act like it's 60. Like, they're missing because they're not just they're not just ripping that shit. Just go rip the hell out of it. Go, go kick it out of the freaking stadium for what I care. Like, I, no, I don't know anything about kicking that. I, I'll I'll get out of my armchair. <laughs> um, let's see. My D four of the week. I'll give it to Anderson Silva. Um, how did you lose to Jake? Paul? Those fights are rigged. The D four of the week is anyone who thought Jake Paul would lose. <laughs> I I just want somebody real to fight him, right? Like I want somebody. That's that... what I'm saying. Okay, I almost got in a fight this week. Not legitimately a fight, but like someone was pissed off at me for calling Jake Paul a fraud. Like he is. I mean. He has not fought anyone within 10 years of his age. He has not fought anyone in their peak prime. Like, what the fuck are we supposed to expect? The fact that he went eight rounds and you almost still fucking lost. I didn't even watch the fight. But the fact that Andrew, Andrew Sylvia was still winning rounds against you and your peak fitness. Like, actually fight a fucking opponent. It pisses me off. I'll say this. I was at, I was at a bar watching the fight and, like, that shit is, like, so clearly staged that it's, like, hilarious. They literally, any time that either of them were on the ropes of, like, getting knocked out or the fight ending, they let up. It's, like, so funny how... And, like, sure, maybe, like, the Nate Robinson fight was real just because, like, I, I could see Jake Paul kicking Nate Robinson's ass. Uh, but, yeah, it's... It is bad. Like, it's so annoying, bro. I... I would never pay to watch it. Don't get me wrong. I did not pay to watch it. It was just on. Um, but yeah, Anderson Silva, man, there could not have been a bag worthy enough to lose your dignity like that. Hey, I want to say something about this fight, all right? It was set up that if Anderson Silva loses, he has to be like the CEO of some like organization that helps retired fighters or some shit. If you like own a betting account... And you you hear that, and your first response wasn't to throw as much money as you can afford on Jake Paul. You're an idiot. Like, what what world is Anderson Silva gonna lose a fight so that he doesn't have to start a company and be the CEO of it? Like, I I just I can't understand how like the line wasn't Jake Paul. My I don't even get how you can bet on these. Jake Paul's gonna be Jake Paul's gonna fight fifty times and be fifty and zero, and then he's gonna fight sixty year old Floyd Mayweather to make it fifty one. Like, I, I'm serious. I, 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 Jake Paul annoys 
the absolute shit out. <laughs> yeah, uh, my other D4 of the week was going to be the Brooklyn Nets. Um, firing Kyrie Irving is literally a piece of shit. Firing Steve Nash, and they're going to hire Emmy Udoku. <laughs> like, what is going on there, bro? Talk about, like, nurturing. Let's just, like, create the most. Barry McCockner had a very vintage possible. Barry tweet today. He said, the Nets are a flawed team. And Ima, Ima how do you say his fucking name? Emi Imadoku Imadoku is a is great at filling holes. <laughs> Perfect guy to coach. Oh him. my god, Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's so funny. That was prime Barry McCockner tweet right there. Uh, but yeah, that shit's crazy. Boston is gonna be so pissed if he goes there and they start kicking ass. That would be that'd be crazy. But yeah, uh, anything else before we log off for the week? I'm good. Zeus sucks. <laughs> that's that's typically how things end. Also, D4 of the week. I have a third one. Uh, Josh would probably uh, co-sign this one. Uh, Clemson over Michigan in the college football playoff. Let's let's get serious. Like, can we please be a Dude, little serious? I am so pissed. That I'm like, give me one second. No, I think it's smart. Clemson's good. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, Shut no no up. you can't even troll. I heard your snicker. I heard you like giggle right <laughs> as you said it. Bro, <laughs> no, okay. Michigan I get did not have the best win against Michigan State, but fucking Clemson is a fraudulent team. They are. I do not I oh fuck! I hate them. Yeah, uh the ACC is a bullshit conference and I wish It's okay. It doesn't really matter until the last week when Ohio State and Michigan play because whoever wins that will probably make it. But I, I am shocked that they put Tennessee 1, Ohio State 2. I'm very happy that they put Georgia 3. I just thought I was the only crazy fucker to put them 3. I think Tennessee is undoubtedly number 1 in my opinion. I think they have the best win in the country by far. And they just, like, they even the team like Kentucky last week, who was ranked, to beat them 44-6, to like, that's unbelievably dominant. And yeah, you can't. We can't pretend like Tennessee is fraudulent because they're definitely not. They're either the first or second best team in the country. But we'll go ahead and log it off for that. We'll be back next week to recap Chiefs Titans. And okay, somebody just left the Discord preemptively. That was John. <laughs> we'll be back next week to recap Chiefs Titans and preview NFL Week Ten. Peace. <laughs>